My name is Dale Barnes, and I'd like to uh, just mention this briefly before we get started here. Um, it was in the bulletin today that uh, Wayne Crook had passed away. He's over in Thailand, working in Thailand, Burma. He's missionary, been missionary, done a good work for God over in that area. And uh, we've had this book around for quite some time, but some people, did, when the name is put in there, they didn't know who it was. Well, he was with us. A year ago, this last um, mission conference. So if you were here a year ago, it'd be back in uh, 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 2010 at the conference. Well, he was here and he spoke one evening. Well, he, the Lord took him home just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just suddenly, just was out jogging, came in, sat down, tired, didn't feel too good. And he passed out and they never could revive him. And so he went on to be with the Lord. In fact, that's one of the best ways to go, I think. You know, if you're going to go, uh, rather than uh, some of the things that some have to go through before they pass on. But as Christians, we've got lots to look forward to. In fact, uh, this morning I want to take a little time and talk about looking forward. Somebody mentioned that as we were talking today about looking forward. I think it was Kaylin. Uh, looking forward. Because... Um, um, there's a little saying that I, I think I've quoted once or twice over the years, and uh, it's uh, this. Uh, it's, you've got to look where you're going because you're going to go where you're looking. Uh, it's kind of play on words, you know. Uh, but um, it really is true. You've got to look where you're going because you're going to go where you're looking. So you have to find out, are you looking in the right place? Because that's where you're going to go. Uh, we all do that. And so I just want to talk a little bit about that today. Kind of an overview of uh, what God says about this world and the world to come. Because uh, uh, if we're Christian, our end result, our destination is heaven. Isn't that right? I know CJ's. Sometimes when nothing works out right, he says, well, at least I know I'm going to heaven. See, I've heard him say that a few times. That's our destination. We're going to go to heaven. Uh, uh, that's the promise of God. But there's, there's, there's challenges about it all around us. And I, I just want to share some things with you to renew, renew your mind in this whole matter. Uh, and I hope it's a blessing to you because we want to look at where we're going because we're going to go where we're looking. We're going to plan for it. We're going to make right uh, preparation in our lives to go that direction, do God's will. So I'm going to read a number of scriptures. Uh, I've got them already written out here. So uh, I'm going to move along fast so we don't run out of time. I'm noted for running out of time. And, you know, I'm saying, oh, just to five more minutes or something like that. I did that up in one time up in uh, recently when I was in uh Canada, and the the pastor nodded. He says, "Okay, go ahead, five more minutes." <laughs> so, anyway, I want to share with you. And so, uh, as we look at the world about us, there's all kinds of problems. I think there was a prophecy today about you know how things are going in the world and things about us it's, that can press in on us. Sometimes they can discourage us. They can, sometimes they can tempt us. There's things being offered to us by a world that's about us. There's things that hurt us, that, or we see other people hurt 
in the in the world we're living in right now. It's a it's a world that uh, John says it lies in wickedness. It's under the evil one. It's under the power of the evil one. The world system is under the power of the evil one, and he directs it. And there's all kinds of uh, things that are going on in the world. And some people put a, a kind of gloss over, put some kind of a gloss covering over it. But underneath, all kinds of evil things are going on in every country. There's cheating. There's lying. There's stealing. There's uh, hurting other people. It's going on. You say, well, that's not very good news. Well, the good news isn't the world. The good news is what God has done in spite of it. But we need to know what what we're living in right now. And so uh, in in first John, chapter two and verse 17, uh, John says this. The world is passing away in all its lusts, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away. Now, it doesn't look like it, particularly at times. I'm sure you say, oh, it's very firm. Everything's going to go on. In fact, things just kind of keep going. And that's one of the things that Peter talked about. The world will say, well, where's the sign of his coming? Things just keep going on and on and on. But uh, uh, the Apostle John said, the world's passing away. It's on its way out, in other words. The world system as we know it. Uh, Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 7, 31. He says, and I'm reading from the, these are in, uh, new international, new uh, American Standard uh, writings, but it says about the same thing in most translations. It says, for the form of this world is passing away. So if you lock your life up to what this world is going to end up in, you're, you're going to be disappointed because it's passing away. It may last a while yet. We don't know when God's going to intervene, step in, and change things because he says he will. But we understand that this world system, this world that we live in now, uh, it's run by the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. And it's all about us. It's going on, leading, trying to lead us away from God in most cases. And so it's passing away. And... So Jesus, when he was on the earth, remember the devil tempted him in Luke chapter four, verses five to eight. I'll read part of that. It says he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He showed him everything at once. Just a quick overview. He showed him the glory of it, it says. And the devil said to him, I'll give you all all this domain and its glory And it's mine. It's been given to me to give away, to hand over. And I'll give it to whomever I wish. And I'll give it all to you if you just worship me. Go my way. And uh, it'll be yours. And he offered it. He could see the whole thing and want the glory of it all the time. You know, many times we're offered things and it's much less than all of it. And yet we sell out if we don't watch out. We can sell out our life for something that's trivial, not worth anything. And uh, here Jesus saw the whole thing, the glory of it one time. And he said, Satan says, I'll give it to you because it's mine to give. Well, what does he have to give us, folks? He's got something that's not lasting. But he offers it to us and he makes it look very uh, beautiful when he offers it to us. Something to really satisfy us. 
But in the long run, folks, it won't satisfy because it's passing away. And so Jesus, of course, he quoted the Bible to him. He says, it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So he turned it aside naturally. But Peter brings it up and talks about this again in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, verse 10 to 14. He says, but the present heavens and earth by his word, God's word, are being reserved for fire. So it's going to pass away. And he tells us how it's going to pass away. It's, it's reserved for fire. Kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. You think there's any ungodly men in the world and women? <laughs> They're all over there. The world's full of them. Doing things, cheating, lying, doing things that's immoral, uh, hurting other people to get to the top, doing all kinds of evil things. And uh, there's, there's a coming a day when God's going to judge the world with fire. It says it's reserved for fire. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, even though it, God puts it off. And, you know, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he, he, he's long-suffering with people, the Bible says. And so he says the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat uh, and the earth and its works will be burned up. All that looks so glamorous and wonderful and and tremendous will be burned up. All that that we thought was wonderful, it'll be gone. See, well, that's. You say, well, why is God, to, you know, that isn't good news. Yes, it is good news because it's telling us the truth. Folks, it's good to know the truth, even if it's not tasty at the moment. It's good to know the truth, for the truth sets you free. If you know something is not something to lay hold of, and God's made it plain to you, then you can say, well, then I don't want that. And so he's speaking that way, and he says, since... Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hasting the coming of the day of God, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat? So it's all going to be destroyed. All of it. Now, that's the word of the Lord through Peter. We believe he had a revelation from God, just like Paul did and John did. They all... Kind of agree. It's all passing away. And Peter just tells us how it's going to happen. Then, but he says this, and this is what's wonderful. But according to his promise, we're looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Everything's going to be right there. There's not going to be under any undercurrent of uncertainty or evil. Everything's going to be right in this new heavens and new earth. And we're looking at that because not only did God promise that judgment is coming to this world as it is, but there's a new heavens and a new earth coming because God's promised. So he's promised it. And the Bible says that world to come is going to be inherited by Abraham and his children. Not just talking about the Jewish people over in those natural children. He's talking about all who believe, because all who believe are ch- children of God, are children of Abraham. Because they've ch- chose to walk the way Abraham walked, by faith in Christ. And so, uh, according to his promise, we're looking for a new heavens and a new earth 
in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since we look for this too, not only the doing away with something, but something's going to take place, going to come, that's going to be uh, brought about by God himself. It says, be diligent to found, be found in him in peace, spotless and blameless, walking with God, doing God's will. Because why? Because this is the thing that's going to last. This new heavens and new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Praise God. Look, sounds pretty good, actually. Especially if you read some of the things that go on in the world, in the paper, you see the news, and I watch the news. My, my wife says uh, sometimes too much. Uh, but my, I watch, I'm pretty diligent. I want to know what's going on. Well, what, you look around, and, and the thing that makes the headlines is use the bad things. And then pretty bad, quite a few bad things take place. And it's happening all over the world. But we're looking for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Well, let's go on here. We're just looking at an overview here because it's important to see where am I? What am I looking for? I've got to look where I'm going because I'm going to go where I'm looking. <laughs> see, where am I going? I'm going to heaven. OK, if I'm a Christian, if you're not a Christian this morning, you can be because it's offered to everyone. Anyone can come freely and receive God's gift of eternal life and be prepared to to go into that new place when this one passes away. But he says in. Uh, Revelation 21, he says this. This is John speaking. He was caught up into the heavens and he saw this and he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now, Peter had already spoken about it. Now, John's having this revelation, direct revelation from God. And he says, he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And then he says, he shall wipe away. Every tear from their eyes, there will be no longer any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. These first things that we have in this life right now, they're going to pass all pass away. Praise God. This is what's going to happen. There'll be no more mourning and there'll be no more death. Behold, he says, uh, it says, and he who sits on the throne, that's God, said, behold, I am making all things new. Praise God. You know, it's starting now. The Bible says that when we come to Christ, we're born again. We have a new birth. And we're we're quickened with him and to walk in a newness of life, the life of this new life. One day we're going to get a new body. And then they're going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Everything's going to be new. It's beginning now. We get a little taste of it now. But it's going to come into its fullness one day. And it says, behold, I'm making all things new. This is what God says. Say, well, I don't believe that. Well, I'm just reading you what God says. And it's so important to believe what God says, I believe, because it's going to happen just like the Lord says. So he says, I'm making everything new. And he says, and he told John, write these things, these words, because they are faithful and true. Write these words because they're faithful and they're true. And then he made, finally said, and he said this, it's done. In God's view of things, because he lives in eternity, he doesn't live in time. He says, it's finished, it's done. Do you know the lamb was slain before the world began, the Bible says, 
And it, yet it was uh, only 2,000 years ago that he actually came to, to, uh, to the earth and became that literal sacrifice. But in the heart of God, in the mind of God, he was slain before the foundation of the world. And God says, now it's done. This is going to happen. It's finished. No change. This is going to happen. That's where we're heading, folks. Do you believe it? You believe it? I hope you believe it. Because God wants to encourage your mind and your heart. Because there's so much around us can discourage us and get us down. But we've got something sure. God says, I'm making everything new and it's done and it's yours. (laughs) Praise God. What a wonderful thing. Well, the Bible says the beginning of, you know, in, in this life we live in now, the Bible says we're first first uh, Peter chapter two, verse uh, 19. It says we're called out of darkness. The called of God, you, you had to be called by God. You wouldn't. The Bible says nobody seeks God on his own. So the spirit of God deals and moves and maybe it's through preaching or somebody witnessing to you or you read a track or you read the Bible and all of a sudden it dawns on you. You need God and you come to him. What have that was a calling of God on your life. And, and it says you, he's called you out of darkness, the darkness of this world. The world is going away from God and going the wrong direction. He's called you out of this world, uh, uh, out of the, the darkness of this world into his marvelous light. And you can grow and develop and get to know God and walk with him in a greater and greater way all the time. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says we're called to the fellowship of his son. We're called to fellowship with his son right now. What's our calling? It's to walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ. Abide in him. Walk with him. Do his will. Yield our life to him. That's our calling. You say, well, mine is not as not the same as yours, Dale. We may have different specific callings as far as our service is concerned, but we're all called to the fellowship of Christ, to walk with him, to do his will. And uh, John, uh, Romans 8 says that we're called to be conformed to the image of his son. So God is in the process of working in our lives as we trust him, and he's changing us to become more and more like his son. Because he's always pleased with his son. His son always did what pleased him. And more and more as we follow the Lord, God will transform us into the image of his son. That's our calling. That's what's going on right now. Peter said in 1 Peter 2.11, he says, says, we are strangers and pilgrims. What does it mean? In other words, we're not part of this anymore. we're We're passing through it to something else. We're strangers and pilgrims. That's our that's what we are as Christians. And there, so he says, as strangers and pilgrims, he says, he says, um, uh, don't submit yourself to the the evil desires of this world, because you're a stranger and a pilgrim. You're something you're something different. Submit yourself to God and let God work in your life. In First Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen. The Apostle Paul says, we are called a new creation in Christ. We're a new creation. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. I like what somebody said. We're tomorrow's people today. We're today living, but actually we're part of what's tomorrow. That new heavens and new earth when Jesus comes. See, that's our destination. 
And we're a new creation. Well, it's not fully manifested yet. We don't have our new body yet. And God's still working in our souls and, and our lives to change us. But we're tomorrow's people, but we're living today right now. Hallelujah. Why, why does God tell us these things? Well, I, I, believe, I believe he does it to keep encouraging us because we need to be reminded of it because we can, we can be damaged in our mind through this world. It's all about us. It's telling us, oh, this is it. Just go after what you can get now. Don't do that. Go after Jesus. Walk with him because you're building. Then you're laying up treasure in heaven where moth and rust can't corrupt and thieves can't break through and steal. And so uh, Paul said in Galatians, he said, the Lord Jesus Christ, Galatians 1 verses 3 to 5, he says, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us out of this present evil age or world. Same translation. Could you say age or world? This age that we're living in now. An evil age. According to the will of our God and Father. So Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us out of. Not that we, li- we live in it in one sense. But we can not, not participate and walk in and, and, uh, and just live for the momentary things of this life. We can live for the Lord. And build for eternity. Another Galatians 6, 14, 15. This is Paul again. He says, but, I'm, but may it never be that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Well, crucified means died to. Uh, uh, he says, through the cross of Christ. Uh, my relationship with the world was broken. My relationship with the world and the relationship to the world with me, it's been severed, crucified. And then he, he goes on to say, for neither circumcision means anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. See, it's not being religious, self-effort religion without God. It's not... Uh, just doing your own thing, not caring anything about God. Either one of them's wrong. Circumcision, uncircumcision. What does count is a new creation. And how does that come? From a relationship with Christ. Walking with him. Opening our hearts to him. Letting him come into our life. We're born again. And it's a new creation. Do you know you're a new creation this morning? Are you a Christian? That's what you are. A new creation. Can everybody hear me all right? Yeah. You're a new creation. And God has done something for you. And Paul says, he says, he says, that's the only thing that really counts. That's the only thing that means anything. New creation. And that's what you are in Christ. And those who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. So this is the Israel of God. Those that have been come out, it'll be Jews, Gentiles, uh, God's going to visit the nation of Israel, I believe. And I think he's already begun to visit it in many ways. But they're going to turn as a nation, I believe, one day and turn to God. But God's calling people out of every kindred, tongue, tribe and nation. Hallelujah. And what is, to be a part of this new creation. It's going to inherit what? The new heavens and the new earth. See? Praise God. Don't be satisfied what you got here, folks. It's just... Uh, it's really nothing. It's world about us. But you can, you can realize that God started something in you that's going to last forever. Then 
Peter, he says, You were not redeemed with silver and gold from your futile way of life inherited by your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. You've been set free from the old life that you received by tradition from your fathers. So when you're born again, something changes. Something inside changes and you've been redeemed. You've been set free from that old life. You don't have to serve it anymore. Praise God. You always say, oh, Dale, I got some bad habits. As far as God is concerned, it's already set, you're already set free. Just start walking in it. Looking to God for some help. Maybe you need some counseling. Maybe you need some Bible teaching. But God says you're free. You can walk out of it. You can walk out of anything that's evil. God sets you free. He's already done it. He's redeemed you from that vain life received by tradition. That's past tense, by the way. The verb there. He has redeemed. <laughs> it's already done. Hebrews 6, verses uh, 5, uh, and uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 5, it says, we have, tasted, we have tasted the powers of the age to come. So when the Spirit of God comes into our life, we're tasting the powers of the age that's coming. We don't have the fullness of it. The Bible says it's a down payment. It's a little bit of that which is to come. Hallelujah. I don't know. I, I, when I was looking at this, God gets quickening these things to my heart recently. Uh, you know what it did? It made me happy. <laughs> I've got a down payment. And every time I, from the first time I had the Holy Spirit minister such great joy to me and the experiences I've had with the Lord, and I'm sure many of you have had, that's a down payment. You say, well, I want more. Well, it's coming. You got the down payment already. See? And we're looking forward because we are the people of the future. Folks, we're the people of the future. If you're a Christian, you say, well, who are you to brag about? I'm not bragging. I'm just telling what God says. I'm saying we're the people of the future. Every Christian. Is, and, and it was given to them by grace. I mean, they didn't work for it. They were saved by the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way you get saved, the only way you come to the Lord, the only way you find uh, a purpose for living is through Christ. And so we've tasted the powers of the world to come. We are people of the future forever. We've got a future. Do you know people that are going to hell, all they'll have is eternal regret? That's why we send down missionaries. We don't want people to go there. Because it'll, it'll be turn, all they'll have is the regret of what's happened. The regret of those years they sh wish they had changed. Mad at God because he's done this. There'll be all kinds of things going on in their life. But it'll be a terrible place of eternal torment. But we're a people. We're the people of the future. Forever. One million years from now, our new bodies will be just as good as when we first got them. Can you imagine that? I don't know about you, but I've got aches and pains, and I haven't been here in this body but about 70-some uh, years. And, uh, and I've got aches that I didn't have a few years ago. But, you know, there, there's a time when I'm going to get a body that, that it'll be just as good a billion years later than it was when I first got it. You see what God's telling us? <laughs> That's what we're aiming for. That's where we're going for. That's what, we're, that's what God's after. That's what God's 
promise. That's God's plan that for us. And uh, that's so encouraging. We've got something to live for. We've got something to die for if need be. Because, because of what God has planned. It's not made up by man. And these men that wrote uh, most of the New Testament, uh, they were willing to give their lives. Most of them died as martyrs. Peter, crucified. Paul had his head cut off. John was put out on an island and uh, uh, set out there by himself just live a death uh, without any, anybody much around, exiled to this island of Patmos. That's where God gave him the book of Revelation. But uh, these guys were willing to. Praise God. They were willing to die for it. Why? They knew it was real. We'd met the Savior. They knew how real he was. And they, and they said, the things we're telling you, we're telling you so you can have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Praise God. So what a challenge it is. Um, And finally, in, in uh, Ephesians 2, 7, I say finally, it's, I'm getting close to the end. And finally, Ephesians 2, 7, it says this, and this encourages us, that we've been made alive with Christ, Ephesians 2, 7, in order that in the ages to come. So that must mean we're in, a, we're in this present evil age and there are ages to come. Now, I don't know what that means other than. Uh, sometimes I've looked at things and say, well, just eternity starts and there's no time anymore. Other, according to the word of God here, it seems like there's ages. That must mean there's time spaces in there. There's time. Time isn't done away with. But in all the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So all the ages to come, age after age after age after age, God's going to keep unfolding himself and using us and working in our lives and doing with us what he's called us to do, which he's already got planned, which I don't know anything about. But I just know there's ages and ages and ages to come. And because you're a Christian and as you follow him, you're, you're laying up treasure and preparing yourself for those things that are yet ahead. But the wonderful thing is that uh, God has made us alive with Christ so he can do all of this. He forgave us. He, Christ died for us and freed us from our sins so we could walk with God now. And in all the ages to come, we're going to share. God's going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace, his, his unmerited favor. You only merit it because of what Christ did. So you have nothing to brag about. Just walk in it. Enjoy it. Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, I remember a song years ago. Uh, uh, of, I remember, uh, I don't know if you ever, anyone's ever heard of Stuart Hamblin. But he's, uh, he wrote some Christian songs. But years ago, I remember as a kid, I remember he had a radio program. It was before he was a Christian. And some of the things they did on that radio show he wasn't so good. Is before he's a Christian. But later on, he became a Christian. And after, um, 
After that, he, he wrote one song that's always been a blessing. It's called, um, well, I don't know what the, actually the name of it is. I just know some of the words. He says, I'm going to walk with Peter and Paul. I'm going to live in a gilded hall. Got so many, many years that I can't count them. When you see me fall asleep, say amen, but don't you weep. Got so many million years that I can't count them. See? So many million years because it's eternity. Can't count. You just keep going on and on and on and on and on. He says, so, so when you see me fall asleep, you know, or die to this world, go out of this world. Say amen. Here's a Christian's gone on. Be of the Lord. And lots of times in the early church, there was such rejoicing when Christians died. Why? They knew where they went. <laughs> They're going on and they were happy. They didn't, there wasn't any long faces or anything. Oh, they missed, they'll miss their fellowship. But man, they're going on to something much better. And, and the folks that are uh, still here, they're waiting for their turn. <laughs> are you waiting for your turn? Do you, real how, you realize that this is where you're heading? And that you want to bill for it. See? And so when C.J. challenges, and he's been challenging some of us about uh, speaking in tongues and building ourselves up in the Lord by praying in tongues, and he's challenges us about praising and worshiping God recently and, and having a life of thanksgiving and praise to God. Those are good ministries. And sometimes we might set them aside and say, well, that isn't important. I'm coming to church on Sunday. That's enough. Folks, when God ministers something, get a hold of it because he's wanting to build something in your life. He's wanting to quicken you. He wants you to come up higher with him. You learn to be a person of praise and thanksgiving rather than a person that complains and murmurs. And as you change, you become a better testimony for the one that you're supposed to uh, stand for, the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to build yourself in the Lord. Well, God tells us how to do it. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit. You build yourself up in the faith. Uh, these things that are ministered to us, practical things, about giving. When you hear uh, somebody minister on giving, don't grab your wallet and hold on to it. No, listen. For God may want to be speaking because it's more blessed to give than to receive, Jesus said. And that... Uh, Given, it'll be given to you. I mean, you can't outgive God. God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. We're to be like him. Be givers. In other words, and I'm not talking about giving this morning. Yes, I guess I am a little bit. But what I'm saying is when you hear messages, how does it fit your life? See, why? Because you're going to, uh, you need to uh, look where you're going. Because you're going to go where you're looking. See? And if you look at just the natural life and the self-centered life, that's where you go. Well, this is the important thing. I just get what I want here. Well, you're missing it. See? But to give and lift our eyes and say, I want to be like, I want to be more what God wants me to be. I want to be a giver. I want to be a server. I want to be a one who loves people. I'm willing to give up myself for things. Help me, Lord, to do that. Work in me. And when it, this self-life shows up in abundant ways, you kind of bring it to God and say, Lord, help me. I want free from this. I want to walk your way. And grace will come because God's promise to the humble, he'd give grace. And you're humbling yourself, saying, Lord, I need help. In other words, Christians aren't perfect, but we're on our way. When you see me fall asleep, say amen, but don't you weep. 
Got so many million years that I can't count them. Finally, there's a scripture over in Ephesians 2, and uh, this is one that uh, Kaylin quoted it today. She stole my message. <laughs> uh, no, she, uh, she quoted Ephesians 2.10. It's always challenged me because in, in a, just a few words, God is saying something to each one of us, not to pastors, not to apostles or prophets, to everybody. Every Christian, he's saying that for we are his workmanship. We're God's workmanship. The new, the new birth was an act of God. It wasn't my act. It wasn't your act. God did it. Born of God. You became a child of God and you're his workmanship. And, he, and the Bible says uh, to the humble, he, he'll, he'll work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Those who trust him and humble himself. Okay, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Jesus went about doing good and we're called to go about doing good. Good works that which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. So uh, God's already laid it out for you. And God's got a plan for your life. You've heard this many times. You'll probably hear it a bunch more times. But sometimes we forget. We think we just... And the enemy's always coming around and whispering, Oh, God can't use you. You don't have any talent. God can't use you. Uh, you, you much, you're a failure, in fact. You've fallen down too many times. God can't help you. That's a lie. God's, you are God's workmanship. And he knew how many troubles you and weaknesses you had even before you got saved. In fact, he knows some that you don't even know, probably. He knows everything about you. And yet he saved you. And he saved you for purpose. And uh, you're heading in a certain direction. You're heading for glory land one of these days. And you're moving in that direction. And God's going to take you into it. But in the meantime, he's prepared you to do good works here. To yield to him. Jesus was a perfect example of this. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. He says, it says this. When he knew it was time for him to go to heaven. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now. He hadn't quite finished everything God wanted him to do yet. But he didn't go. He didn't. He knew he was going to heaven. It was time to go. But he knew he was going to have to go to Jerusalem and go to the cross. And, uh, but he said he steadfastly set his face to go. And uh, I think as Christians, we don't know exactly when we're going to go to heaven. But until then, let us steadfastly set our face to do whatever God wants us to do. Even if it costs us something. See, And it usually will cost you something. Self of some kind. But that's the only thing worth living for, doing his will. Paul, when he was told he's going to have caused kinds of troubles when he got to Jerusalem, he says, I don't count my life dear to myself that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry that I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify to the good news of the grace of God. He'd been given a calling. He says, I just want to finish that that God has given me to do. Let's have that. Let that be a, a, a challenge in our own heart. To finish what God wants us to do. Why? Because our destination is heaven. And on the way, God wants us to do good things. He wants to finish a ministry that he's purposed for our life. And then we'll, 
like Peter says, we'll have an abundant entrance, entrance into the everlasting kingdom one day. We're in it, and yet we're not in it. <laughs> That's not a contradiction. It's truth. The Bible says when we come to Christ, we're placed in the authority of Christ, in the kingdom of God. But one day we'll be fully into, under manifest presence of God one day in his kingdom that's never going to pass away. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I encourage you to look forward. That was the message that started. Look forward. Look what God's after. Look what's going to happen to us. Praise God. And if you look where you're going, then you're going to go where you're looking. You're going to do that which develops and takes you there in an abundant way. Hallelujah. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, thank you for your word that's a lamp to our feet. Lord, it exposes.